Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to our first episode of Feminist Chat. I am one of your hosts, Clarissa Lunday. And I am Rosalie Perry, your other host. And we are super excited uh, about meeting all of you and having you listen or watch our podcast. Um, do you want to go first in introducing who you are, Rosalie? Sure. Okay. Hi, I'm Rosalie Perry. I am a 22-year-old college student who is working on her humanities degree with an emphasis in social justice. Um and certification in forensic technology. And I have a huge passion for social justice and um, making sure that everyone has enough education and knowledge before saying something and acknowledging everybody else's perspective. That's cool. I didn't <laughs> know you. you were getting your stuff in humanities. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I am your other host, uh, Clarissa Lunday. I just graduated in June with my bachelor's in women's studies and I'm taking the year off to study for the LSAT uh, to go to law school, hopefully here at UW again. Um, I'm wanting to do uh, criminal law. Uh, to be a prosecutor because I want to change um, how we prosecute drug crimes, uh, sex crimes, and prostitution crimes. But I also have a passion in politics and public policy. Um, And I am a huge education advocate. Um, Yeah, that's that's a little bit about both of us. So the, uh, the big reason we came up with this podcast was because we both are huge feminists and um, we both actually also love feminist books. So it kind of started as a book club idea. <laughs> and then we're like, we got to fill the space for our book club. So it came and became a huge podcast. Um, well, not huge yet, but we're going to get there. (laughs) Baby steps. Um, Baby steps. Um, probably friends and family will first listen to this and then share. (laughs) Um, so our first book for Feminist Chats Book Club, because we are actually doing that, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, I have never read it. It was one of Reese Witherspoon's books on the book club. This is this is the book. Nope, I can't see. Shows. That. Oh, it's not showing. <laughs> there no, it goes. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it was on Reese Witherspoon's uh, Reese's book club thing, and I was going to read it for that, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get a chance to, and so now I'm really happy that we decided. To read it as our first book. Um, are you excited, Rosalie? I am very excited because the first time I saw that book, uh, it was actually through uh, Instagram. And oh. it was on one of the pages that I follow, a poetry um, page. 
and they were talking about feminism and then they recommended that book and I was like hmm, I would want to read that book actually and I heard a little bit about the author and it just made me super interested I'm like I gotta share this with like Clarissa because I know that she's yeah. like, super into this so it decided to make it into a little book club thing. So, yeah yeah see I have not heard of Glennon Doyle I've heard of her wife Abby Wombat <laughs> oh because I like uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're we're going right along here. I thought mm-hmm. this was not going to be this short. Um, so our first uh, podcast episode is about gender role myths or gender myths. And we decided yeah. each to come up with three myths um that we wanted to share with all of you. Um, do you want me to go first, Rosalie? Sure. Okay. So my first one, um, I got all three of these from the same article, um, but they were all very different and all very interesting. So the first myth is women have smaller brains than men which is considered evidence that they are intellectually inferior. Uh, this is no. definitely false because I'm pretty like smart and intellectual. Um, so the truth behind this, um, like how how this how we break this myth is actually women's brains are about ten percent smaller, but. Uh, the sizes overlap uh, between men and women very like pretty much all the time. So theirs can also be 10% smaller than another woman's. Um, and many studies find that the difference between size um, doesn't have anything to do with women's intelligence or behavioral traits. That's very true right very very true because you have some men and women out there that actually think oh just because i'm a man i'm smarter than you because we built this and we came up with this <laughs> but then there's also women that came up with other things, all those right? ideas first <laughs> yeah and then it just branched out into each other and then that's where we have yeah. different um innovations and um innovations what's another word for that Inventions? Yes, inventions. Innovations and inventions. Yep. Yes, because it's not always the man. Yeah, it's not always the man. You want to do the next one? Yeah, okay. So, going on with that, the next one, my first one, is um, about jobs. So, women with children are less devoted to their jobs, which is not entirely true because coming from like a background where um, most of the women in my family they're the ones who work just as hard as the fathers. Um, Research shows that career advancing opportunities definitely hold them back because they're the, the nurturer and they have to take care of the child since they're more likely to be at home but they work just as hard and it makes them realize that they have a full potential instead of just being a at home mom. 
Um, 31% of moms reported that these negative attitudes are actually holding them back from advancing and becoming leaders, but 73% feel that they can actually uh, proceed to uh, a certain amount of progress. And this also led women to have anxiety over the idea of starting a family. And women are just like, oh, if I start a family, I can't work, but which is, can go both ways. Yeah. But it doesn't. You see women who go to work and they're still pregnant. So, yeah. That's something that I feel is very important just to show that because we have a human being in our womb, we can also <laughs> take care of ourselves and that human being at the same time. It's called multitasking. Yeah. I have heard uh, that women with children are more productive than their mm -hmm. male counterparts at work. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember where I heard that though. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It's, I don't know if it's been studied, but I'm pretty sure, like, if I feel like it has, that, yeah, it has. And just like by watching, because I worked in the ER, um, I had a colleague who was pregnant, and she mm -hmm. had the uh, part of the job was to go out to patients and then come back in and report. And she was just mm -hmm. that stressed, but she got everything done in like less than 30 minutes. And that was just really like, Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it, was, it was like only two weeks. And I was like, she got willpower. Like, bro, she got willpower. Right. Yeah. She does. Mm -hmm. Um, so my second one um has to do with the concept of the premenstrual syndrome or what we know as PMS. Um, that <laughs> is a huge myth. Uh so it emerged in the 1930s. Um and was originally established uh, to bar women from certain jobs or positions. Mm -hmm. And we consider PMS to bring a range of cognitive and emotional changes um, that, are, that are normally caused by a psychosomatic response due to false feedback. And when women uh, are in their menstrual cycle, so they would do a test mm -hmm. um, like a blood test mm -hmm. and then be like, Oh, you're on your menstrual cycle, but they weren't on their menstrual cycle. Duh. And so, what? yeah. So, so women were told um, that they were in their premenstrual phase mm -hmm. and uh, reported PMS symptoms. And this is called instead of the placebo effect, the nocebo effect. Uh, so women who do not experience like what we normally call PMS are women who have never been through this, like never been told um, mm. by a doctor that they're in the premenstrual stage mm. because there's actually no such thing. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. weird how so, those myths actually come into play. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's interesting. So women may actually um this hasn't been studied but women may actually experience a cognitive boost during their menstrual cycle so they do have hormonal changes during their actual period um 
not really like in the months like or the days that lead up to their period um and during their period they can have cognitive boosts Hmm. yeah thought that was interesting (laughs) that's interesting that's new to me the nocebo effect the nocebo effect because i always get a placebo effect but no one knows what the nocebo effect is maybe that's why it's called a nocebo effect right yeah it's psychosomatic (laughs) Mm -hmm. and has nothing to do with a pill which both are psychosomatic um but yeah i thought pms was real until people are like nope it's a nocebo effect yeah me too and i was like back in uh what sixth grade that's middle school yeah yeah in middle school i would always think like people who had their periods would be more like, like, yeah, they're more emotional and stuff, but then they told me about PMS and we were learning about sex education at that time. And I was like, wait, I haven't received mine yet. So I really don't know what to say. And I'm You're like, right. wait, what are, what's going on? Is that going to happen to me? And I started getting right. afraid to have like my own period. I'm like, but then after having my period in like, 12, 12 years old, almost 13. I was like, huh, that's so false. And I'm like, everything I learned was a lie. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's definitely false. Like that you're supposed to have hormonal changes right before your period. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make sense. Like there's there's some hormonal changes like um, with breast tenderness, mm-hmm. um, I do definitely experience that. But like that's like a day before my period, not like a full week before my period, and so it's like not even premenstrual. Yeah. So. So. And then, and it's good, kind of, in a way when you get some of those symptoms before your period because it makes you yeah. like oh no I'm gonna I need have to my go period. buy some tampons <laughs> yeah it gives you at least like a day to prepare for yeah. that flow yeah. that that big flow or low flow for some people a low flow. Mm-hmm. I am not a big flower I'm definitely a low flower <laughs> oh, for me it's like mine doesn't even last the whole like seven days five seven days. days mine is usually oh, like four yeah season. yeah mine's mine's between four and five yeah so it's that See, i i don't understand like how women uh still like have issues talking about mm. their menstrual cycles mm-hmm. um and i'm 28 and you're 22 and we're yeah. having this conversation like it's no big deal yeah and i'm kind of glad to have that me Mm -hmm. too yeah like when i I didn't have the period conversation not not even in school we didn't talk about it we did talk about where babies come from but not (laughs) not periods so i was not prepared when i was on my period but now we know premenstrual cycle is a nocebo effect and can mm-hmm. tell our future children if we decide to ever have them yes. uh, that you will not experience this. <laughs> yeah. And it helps a lot with 
those soon to be women or who um, uh, describe themselves as female, uh, how yep. to prepare, not basically fully, but also in a way just to somewhat get themselves into like a sense of like, oh no, I'm become or not oh no, but like, I'm going to be a new person kind of because all of these things are going to happen to me. And then um, with the cognitive um, portion of it, their brains start to distinguish the differences of like what's actually happening to their body and their surroundings. So it's like, yeah, good job, but also not a good job because you're bleeding them there. So yeah, trans <laughs> transgender women do also go through they go through um, that go through some sort of menstrual menstrual cycle, but without the blood uh, because they don't have a uterus, mm-hmm. and so like even for them like you can't tell them they have PMS because they don't yeah. like it's a nocebo effect. Exactly. Again, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice. And it's like, just because you're not, you don't have those counterparts or whatever. Yeah. And then you still go, you still identify yourself as some, someone or like something. Yeah. You, nobody has the right to tell you like, you're not this because you're not you don't this. have this. You don't, have the right to do these things because you're not this but they're not you so it doesn't really no 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 exactly especially when they're going through exactly what um uh female assigned at birth um Mm -hmm. women do cisgender women do like the fact we're all i'm sorry transgender women are just as much of a woman as i am yeah yep I would like to talk about that probably next episode. And we can yeah. get more insight from maybe a special guest. That'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. Okay. What's your second one? Okay. My second one is... Wait. Da-da-da-da-da. That women... My second myth is that women um, don't need equal pay because they're supported by their husbands. <laughs> that that's like a big. I'm not supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> no, but it's kind of sad because back then, some women, um, I believe it was in the 40 or 1920s, 40s era. I have yeah. to double check my sources, but the women has to stay home, take care of the children, wait for the man to come home, and provide. I don't like that. Definitely up until the 40s, uh, because yeah. the 40s was when we had World War II and mm. men were shipping off and women had to take over the men's jobs. Yep. Yeah, that's another good example. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that basically derives from the belief that someone or like a father or like a husband or like a partner is basically to support them and their children, which is in a way, I think both should be supporting anyway regardless yeah. of the role or like the gender um Definitely. but keep in mind that like marriage rates are like have fallen as let's go through my notes with men without college degrees and have seen their earnings like stagnate and then there's also rates of non-marriage non-marital like uh childbearing now 
than mm-hmm. actual marital births. That makes sense. Yeah. That and then, <laughs> and then divorce rates have gone down and then marriage is kind of like rare now since in the age that we live in the 21st century there are people who um, don't want to get married and there are some people who do but um, some have uh, the idea of becoming a single parent or sometimes they can't help it that's why they're yeah there um, and so basically, let's see. Uh, find. So there was a study um, that was done between Afri- uh, American mothers. Seventy-five uh, percent of American mothers find themselves um, within that principle of financial support in their household mm-hmm. at some point during, like, the first uh, eighteen years. So, like. Um, between the first 18 years of their life or motherhood, they have been yeah. somewhat supported in a way. Yeah. And then the average American mother who finds herself um, in support will, all, will also spend at least six of those first 18 years doing so. And then, so basically the whole idea that someone else is supporting women and family, the whole family is false. Yeah, it's mostly the women that are picking up, like, both doing the childcare and going Mm -hmm. to work. Shout out to single moms um, and single dads, I have to say, putting them Mm -hmm. in there, too, who work multiple jobs and come home and take care of the kids. Yeah, and it's so hard. That is amazing. (laughs) It's really hard. And just taking care of housework, too all the mess yeah. or like the dishes and stuff like that and especially in the middle of a pandemic that's really hard i know in my household I that's don't really even hard know, i don't even know how they did that when mm-hmm. it was all shut down and kids were at home doing homework and then they were working multiple jobs like shout out to them mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all about like trying to all that patience you know and like time management multitasking like you said earlier and that's just a lot of respect especially if they're not in the average like four-person household with like two children and then like a father figure and a male mother figure because I know in my my family we have like a huge family in one house there's like seven people in one house so that includes the grandparents some cousins and aunties and then later you have the actual family that lives there so being able to cook and clean and you know that kind of brings people into like some kind of like anxiety or like you know like oh my god I have to get this done now and then put everything together (laughs) yeah like yeah I also had seven people in my house yeah but it was my my four other siblings and then Mm -hmm. my parents (laughs) yeah basically we kind all of had like to the do same. all the things yeah um no one no one had to sl- like no one could slack off or else it would get like a mess <laughs> very big mess and then Huge i know mess. <laughs> yeah my grandma she would <laughs> try to make everyone do every not everything but everyone had to do like a piece like a chore like everyone had a chore yeah. that they were responsible for and like when they're done help someone else in same 
in China. Same, same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, my last one. I really love this one. And shout out to my mom because my mom is apparently going to listen to this. Yay. And I know she's going to love this one. Well, hello. Um, and so thank you for listening. <laughs> the myth is girls like pink and boys like blue. Girls play with dolls and boys play with Legos. Thank you. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely like wrong. Uh, so the apparent sex differences in what is called, what is known as spatial cognition diminish. Mm. Uh, it's called spatial cognition. If they diminish when you account for the amount of time spent um, playing games like Tetris or playing with Legos. <laughs> and my mom loved Tetris. And so it's like, nope, like we we gain spatial cognition when we do that. So there's really like, if you, if you have both boys and girls play with dolls, they're mm -hmm. going to get inner communication skills. And if you have them both play with Legos and Tetris, they get intelligence skills and mm -hmm. spatial cognition skills. Yeah. Yeah. And the girls like blue, no girls like pink and boys like blue thing is wrong. Uh, because my that sister likes wrong. blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I kind of yeah. somewhat fall into that because I always loved pink. My whole room was pink. Um, <laughs> but I don't I agree. also fall into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love it's not pink, everyone's favorite I'm, color. Yeah. I'm super specific about what kind of pink. Yes. Like, yes. super specific. I hate mm -hmm. hot pink. Me too. Um, but I also like other colors. Like I love um, metallic colors. Mm -hmm. um, I pair most of my pink uh, with black. Um, That's so, really pretty. That's really pretty. Right. <laughs> or white sometimes. Keyboard. Or white mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even though I fall into it, I know a lot of other um cisgender women and transgender women who don't fall into that that's true like i know some women who like purple and my mom loves red again shout out to my mom it was my mom <laughs> your mom likes red me. too yeah and my grandmother <laughs> red red yeah. is the color of blood and it's awesome <laughs> y'all that's like nice. my mom had a I think she had a red KitchenAid at one time. Or Those used are nice. a red KitchenAid. Yeah, they are. I, I'm, I really want one. <laughs> me too. You can just bake. <laughs> right. I could have yeah. used one yesterday to bake my crust. <laughs> oh, your pumpkin. <laughs> for my pumpkin pie. Muffin. Oh. No, I was going to make a pumpkin pie, um, but I don't have a food processor and I oh, realized no. if I had a KitchenAid I could use it for my pie crust <laughs> uh, what is your third one my third one has to deal with um so my third one is boys and men are expected to use violence and aggression to prove mm. their manliness that's oh, something yeah. we learned this in Bro. one of my uh 
communication skills in one of my social justice uh, uh, classes. No, sorry, I take that back. Communication class and social justice class. And it was like a skill that, it was a skill that kind of hit hard on people because there yeah. was a lot of men in my classes. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, probably 75% men. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just kind of hard for them to hear because they were always taught to, oh, you can't cry. Okay, you can't cry. Yeah. You got you to gotta be strong. You got to keep it together. And um, in early childhood, violence and aggression are used to express emotions and distress. So mm-hmm. over time, aggression in like um, males, it shifts to... <laughs> sorry, I know. You know. <laughs> Well, it kind of goes with what we're talking about. So, apologize for the background noise, yes. everyone. We do have families. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, um, male aggression in males um, asserting power over another. So, like one is being more, um, I guess, um, better than the other in a way. Yeah. And particularly, masculinity is threatened. So that's a source from uh, Pellegrini and Bartini uh, back in 2001 when they did the study. Um, Mm. And then there are masculine ideals such as uh, restriction from emotional expression towards basically anything and any pressure that conforms them from dominance and aggression. These, um, it kind of, it's not limited to bullying and assault and Mm -hmm. or any kind of physical or verbal aggression Um, but it kind of engages them to somewhat be around that societal aspect that everyone wants them to abide by so it's kind of sad actually to be told that your emotions are basically valid in a way yeah. because of your gender except except for like anger or mm-hmm. um, um there's a few others but like basically anger anger is the big one that mm-hmm. men are mostly allowed to show and then mm-hmm. there's also the idea that um african-american males are hyper masculinized yeah and um that can be like if they're not allowed to express other emotions like they just fit into this stereotype and that's as much as unhealthy as being in that anyways um so we need to teach our males um both cisgender and transgender um and gender non-conforming peeps um that they can share their emotions because it's definitely self-care. Yeah. And it's something to normalize because, yes, you know, 21st century, everything is being somewhat thrown out there, like aspects that weren't thrown out there before our time, like back in our grandparents' time. It's now, it's now yeah. being addressed. Um, there, sadly, there are still people who think a certain way and think that that's how life is supposed to be, but things yeah. are changing. So you have to actually adapt and be flexible with what's happening and adapting to those kind of things and also putting practicing that in your own life to help someone else. 
Yep. Yeah. So, so that's all of our gender role myths. Mm-hmm. It, this was a really great conversation. I liked it, um, honestly. It me fun. too. Um, it was really great. Um, I'm hoping, so how, how this will be set up is we will have different segments. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first segment, we will be going back and forth um, every episode on one random voter's education fact. Um, because we feel that everyone needs to have voters education. And we do plan on doing big uh, voters education segments, um, like episodes like this one. Um, But every episode will have a small voters education segment. Um, We'll do our book check-ins. And then the last small segment will be feminism in the news. And then yeah. it will be our main episode. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So. Moist. Yeah. And then next episode, you were saying we really wanted to talk uh, with a transgender person. Yeah. Um, if we can get a guest on here. So I that will try would be... to ask you. Cool. I know. Um, I just need to figure out a time because they're also in Seattle. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So Rosalie is in uh, Maryland. Yes, I am and in Maryland. I am in Seattle. Yeah. And so we work off Seattle time. <laughs> Times are still kind of trying to adjust around there. It's 6.34 right yeah. now. And it is 3.44? Three, 3.34. Mm-hmm. Yep. 34. Or 3.35. <laughs> so three hours ahead. So we'll go ahead and work around so we'll- that schedule. Yep, we'll figure it out because it seems like Sundays, for recording anyway, mm-hmm. uh, work best for us. These probably won't come out until like Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, though. Yeah. So yeah. we recorded this on Halloween. Halloween, that's, that's why her face looks like a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, at least trying to be. <laughs> I have my, my final though. Well, thank you. It was messy yeah. earlier. And then Bixby was just staring oh. at me. My dog, Bixby, oh, was just staring you? at me. <laughs> You're not mommy. <laughs> so. Yeah, she has a dog named Bixby, and I have a dog named Manchester. And Manchester Thanks. is curled up on the couch. Bixby's um, on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dressed up for Halloween. I don't really celebrate Halloween. Um, that's because of my religious mm-hmm. background. Um, even though I'm non-practicing. <laughs> kind it's of okay. ingrained. Okay. <laughs> I don't even really watch spooky movies. And I've been like wanting to. Uh-huh. Um, Disney ones are pretty good. They're not that yeah, scary. I was but... gonna watch I was gonna watch Hocus Pocus. <gasps> Do uh, it. Oh my god, that's again, so nice. Shout out to my mom again uh, because she finally watched it for the first time nice. yesterday. <laughs> she like it? Yeah, she loved it. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, so that's this is like a little bit how our conversations, our feminist chats are going to go. Uh, super laid back, super mm-hmm. fun conversations. Um, and we hope to have more guests on here. Um, and we will announce on our Facebook group um, which we'll put the link 
in all of our deets so you guys can join it. Um, but we'll announce if we're having a guest or what the next episode will be like. Um, and yeah, that's... Oh, and for the book, uh, we are doing bi-monthly. Not oh, yeah. monthly. <laughs> I forgot to, <laughs> to mention it. We did. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, definitely some first episode quirks. Um, so <laughs> the book is bi-monthly. So we start reading tomorrow, uh, November 1st. Um, nope. Which, again, we will have already started reading when this episode is out. And we will end December 31st. Yes. Okay. Thank you all for joining. Thank um, you. We will see you and have you listen to us bi-weekly for now. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.